0: Welcome to episode 23 of The Jake, which is brought to you by Miller Lite. Miller invented light beer, the original 96-calorie pilsner, and that changed everything. This led to fewer guys with beer bellies, which led to more women attracted to those guys, which led to dates, second dates, wedding bells, and honeymoons, which led to hubbada-hubbada, boom, which led to you. Miller Lite. We invented light beer. And you. back to episode 23 of the jake the joe hayden recently released episode who's now a pittsburgh Steeler, but will always be 23 for the browns in my eyes the michael brantley episode multiple all-star for the cleveland indians number 23 often injured but still number 23 and still an integral part of a team that is trying to win the World Series but of course everyone knows what 23 and Cleveland is yes this is the LeBron James episode. He who once left Cleveland, the home that he had built up and brought to a championship game and and uh, and multiple winning seasons and two MVPs and basically just put Cleveland on his back, left, and then came back, fulfilled his promise to win a championship with the Cleveland Cavaliers. And you know what? The Cavaliers are retooled. So number 23 is trying to get one more crack at it. A lot of people are already counting him out, saying he's going to leave this offseason. I don't think that's determined just yet. I think uh, just don't be surprised if he decides, you know what? Life is pretty good here. I'm not going to pass this up. So uh just keep that in mind. But, uh, yeah, welcome back. Episode 23. Last few have been uh, pretty Indians-based. A lot of fun things going around. Got a really fun episode today. Got uh, exclusive interviews with a lot of New York sports personalities. I had to bump Stephen Lorenzo to next week. I was on his podcast, Don't Ask Me Why. Please check that out on SoundCloud. Uh, we talked a lot of sports and a couple pretty weird things going on in the media he's got a uh, he's got a great podcast so check him out and uh and yeah and i'm gonna have him on next week and we're gonna talk a little bit of baseball playoffs but this week got an exclusive interview with coach ben mcadoo of the new york giants okay so here it is my exclusive interview with ben mcadoo <laughs> Alright, I am here with Coach Ben McAdoo of the New York Giants. Coach McAdoo, how are you? Ben McAdoo, me be Alright, Coach. Uh, listen, you're in an 0-3 hole. Pretty uh, tough start to the season, and uh, I what do you gotta what do you gotta do to kind of get yourself back into the playoffs? Man, you know, the offense can't run just through Odell Beckham. You have a couple of really talented receivers out there. What do you got to do to move the ball more? And you can't just rely on Odell, who's gotten hurt recently. Um, 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 do you You've got a pretty good pass rush, a good defensive backfield, but as long as you're not scoring points, that's not going to matter a whole lot. Finally, you know, you got a couple big weeks coming up. You got anything up the sleeve where you can maybe get some wins on the board and uh, possibly move yourself back into some contention? <laughs> All right, Coach, thank you very much. Uh, best of luck this week and uh, going forward this season. Thank you very much. Me right, that was my exclusive interview with Coach Ben McAdoo of the New York Giants. He uh, had some really interesting things to say about the direction. You know, right now in New York, you have – A team that's owned three, has a lot of talent, but they can't get past their offensive line struggles, their running game, and uh, the fact that they really are a one-trick pony on offense. Running slants with uh, Odell Beckham isn't really going to get the job done if you want to make the playoffs in such a competitive division. So we will see. They have a a tough schedule coming up. They still have four divisional games where they're going to have to, I mean, at the Least go three and one. They gotta hope to possibly go four and zero oh in those games if they really want to consider uh, contending in the uh, in the NFC. So, but that is a you know that was my interview with Ben McAdoo. Uh, thank him for coming on and hopefully get him in the future. Uh, I, also this week we have an interview with uh, Michael K. That will come at the end of this episode. But first, want to touch on a couple things. Uh, my Jake news of the week. This one is one of my favorite news stories that have come around. And it's Deshaun Watson, quarterback of the Houston Texans. If you haven't heard, uh, this is a big story. He donated his first game check to Houston Texans employees that were affected by the Hurricane Harvey. And uh, if you don't know much about Deshaun Watson, he was a pretty high recruit going into Clemson and quickly became... Just a fan favorite there. He is a humanitarian by heart. He spends his off seasons at Habitat for Humanity. Uh, he would go to South America and build homes in basically his summers. This is a guy that he's not just doing it for show. He's doing it because that's just how he was raised and what he believes in. So I'm very proud of you know a 23-year-old deciding that his first ever NFL game check you know, it, it, he's giving it to people that need it more than he does. It's, a, it's quite a grown-up move and a really classy uh, act by such a great individual. So uh, really excited for that to be my Jake News this week. Uh, I also have a fun stat of the week in the NFL. This one, I'm going to try and make this more of a thing where I find an interesting stat each week that catches my eye. And this week, my stat of the week in the NFL is the number one. The number one as in one pass attempted to wide receivers by the Chicago Bears this week. They beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in overtime, and they only attempted one pass to wide receivers. Now, they did get a lot of help from their defense and special teams, and uh, their running game is that serious. And their O-line is pretty good. I, I mean, I think it's about time we recognize that the Bears aren't that bad of a team. If they get some actual targets on the outside, watch out, they could be turning around pretty quickly in Chicago. But that combination of Howard and Cohen in the backfield is really dangerous, especially since they're both really good pass catchers. Tariq Cohen is coming on as a possible Rookie of the Year candidate and is just an all-purpose type of guy. And Jordan Howard was one of the top running backs in the league last year and quietly just put up 1,500 yards. So... I, I don't think he should be surprising anyone as a, a really good feature back right now. So they've got a really interesting thing going on in Chicago and to beat Pittsburgh with only one attempted pass to wide receivers is unbelievable. I, that's how much they use these running backs in the passing game. It is, it is something special. And uh, my friends over at the Sims and Lefgo podcast are big fans of this running back duo and uh, are looking for a team name for them, uh, I tweeted at Amlefko and uh, told him, hey, listen, I think you should go with, uh, you know, a little Bill Swirsky reference uh, from Superfan on uh, on Saturday Night Live from the 90s and go with, duh, backs. I think it's just that simple. Just go with, duh, backs. You know, they they did everything, duh, bears, back then. I think this is, duh, backs. They got two running backs who are making plays, simple as that they uh they have, let's see if they like it i uh, left liked the tweet uh he didn't respond or anything but he did like it so we'll see all right so a little bit of football for you this uh this past weekend was my last vacation for some time september was the month of vacation baker i went to vegas i went to the Browns home opener uh And then finally, I went to Nebraska, where we flew into Omaha, my aunt and I, and had a really fun time in Omaha. That city is super underrated because they have a really cool nightlife. Uh, They've got a ton of crazy different bars. It is so weird going into that town and just, you know, one second you're in this Irish pub, and right next door is like an underground tiki bar, and then next door is a liquor store that turns into a speakeasy. Next door is a cigar bar. Omaha is fun. Um, I I was I asked a couple of my cousins that lived there, and they were like, nah, you know, whatever. But I guess they were, you know, in high school and they didn't really know to say anything because Omaha was a lot of fun. I loved it, and I will probably go back. The reason we actually went out to Nebraska was because we wanted to see a football game in Lincoln, and uh, it did not disappoint. I knew going in how much red the crowd wears and that it's just like basically this red blanket over the stadium, and that was true as well. It was really remarkable. They released all the red balloons on uh, the first touchdown. It was a very cool sight. I'm so glad I got to see it. It was a pretty good football game as well. We uh, sat really close to the field in the Rutgers fans section for the second half. But in the first half, we sat in like the way-up seats up with a bunch of Nebraska fans. So it was pretty cool getting to experience both sides of the fandom there. I wasn't rooting for Rutgers. I know I sat with a bunch of them, and I know that I'm from Jersey. and My aunt is an alum and was rooting for them. But I am I'm big on like the Big Ten football, and I wanted to root for the home team, and that's why I went there. It was a fun time. I think next up is Madison, Wisconsin. I'd love to get out there for a football game, Uh, at least in Big Ten country. Uh, I definitely want to get to the big house in Michigan with Horseshoe and Ohio State. There are a ton of stadiums I'd like to check out. Would really like to check out Iowa. My big game that I really want to see, maybe mark this down for next year, is the Texas-Oklahoma-Red River rivalry that they'll play in Dallas uh, which is halfway between Oklahoma and Austin. Uh, they play that in the Cotton Bowl. I would love to see that game. That's on like my my list of the uh, the the stadiums I want to see. And uh, actually, I mean, if we're going to make this my like top five, let me just go roll right into it. All right. So I've seen Notre Dame. I've seen Clemson. Those are two pretty big ones. I've seen South uh, South Carolina. But my top five, as I just mentioned. Uh, I'd love to see the Cotton Bowl. Okay, I'll put that as number five, um, especially for the Red River rivalry of Austin, uh, of, of Texas, and uh, Oklahoma. That would be just some sight to see that Cotton Bowl. Uh, number four, I'll put the Horseshoe for Ohio State. Uh, I like Ohio State. I like rooting for them. It's funny, actually, though. I thought I was supposed to be an Ohio State fan growing up because I was a Cleveland sports fan, and I'm like, okay, yeah, all my cousins are probably Ohio State fans. Turns out, none of them are. They actually hate Ohio State. I have one cousin who's an Ohio State fan. That's it. Everyone else hates Ohio State. But I learned it a little too late, and uh, I turned out to like them. So, uh, you know, kind of funny how things work out like that. But Ohio State, still have never seen them. Uh, They're actually coming to New Jersey to play Rutgers this weekend, so I could see them then. But uh, I'd rather just go uh, with uh, my family and uh, we're, we're going to do the Princeton game instead, which is always a lot of fun. Uh, we don't have a lot of opportunities this year because I have a couple weddings I want to get to uh, for my friends. But the, uh, the Princeton is uh, Tigers are playing Columbia this weekend, and it's really my one shot to get to see them play. And we have such a fun time when we go see them. So no Rutgers for me, no Ohio State for me this weekend. We're going to keep it to Princeton uh number three is the big house uh, i know that i you know i kind of just said that before i would love to see ohio state michigan at the big house i think that would be a really hostile territory to see a game and i think that would be really cool i know it's, it's one of the biggest stadiums out there it is uh something special to see i it could even be number one on my list as like the top priority game to check out um That game at least would be number one, but that stadium-wise, I'm going to put that as number three, the big house, Ann Arbor, Michigan. Number two, going with the Rose Bowl, Pasadena, California, where USC plays. This I wouldn't even care who I got to see. Uh, Maybe a Notre Dame-USC game out there would be a really fun trip. I've never even been to California, but the Rose Bowl would probably be uh, right atop anything I would want to do out there. There are a lot of different stadiums across, you know, the whole country, but none really have like the history that uh, the Rose Bowl has. And now you got professional sports there, but I would have to see college sports. I mean, I guess I would technically check it off my list if I got to see, you know, a professional football game there, but I really wouldn't want to see anything but like a USC or a. Just a classic college football game. Maybe the Rose Bowl. Maybe if it was like, you know, just the winner of the Pac 12 versus the winner of the Big Ten, you know, in the typical Rose Bowl fashion. I wouldn't mind seeing that. But I think the best way to see it would be Notre Dame USC. I think that would be really cool. And it could be argued as my number one. But as I said before, I've seen Notre Dame. I've seen Clemson, which is right up there, uh, as some of the best best uh, stadium you know to check out usc has a really good one too i loved going to columbia south carolina and there are a ton of other ones maybe go to the orange bowl maybe go to between the hedges for georgia how about that or florida state the knolls they they have a great stadium austin texas is supposed to be a lot of fun as well i could see a lot of different ones being my number one but I'm go a little off the wall with my number one for here. Okay, this might be a little, little different, but here we go. Actually, you know what? I'm not even gonna. Nope, I'm not gonna, not gonna go all out. I'm going with Camp Randall in Wisconsin, Madison. Uh, it was built in 1917 uh, on Civil War grounds. Right? This, this I mean, this is what's really cool. It was. It was built on actual civil war training grounds, which is why, you know, it's called camp Randall. Uh, this is where Wisconsin plays. It's one of the bigger ones. It, it fits 80,000, which isn't nearly as much as, you know, the, the big house, but the way that it's all set up there, it is so cool. Uh, they do going into the fourth quarter of every game. They do the jump around. I think this would be my number one. This is a really tight race between all the five up there. Um, but I, I think Camp Randall would, would be number one. This is a, a pretty cool spot, and I, I would say it's my number one. And I could go a lot of different ways. Uh, I, I, could, I really could have. But, yeah, that is my top five. Like I said, uh, we got the Rose Bowl, got the Cotton Bowl, the Big House, the Horseshoe, and Camp Randall. I think that's a pretty good top five. And, you know what, I don't even want to stick numbers to them. Those are the five I want to seek out to see next. I loved Memorial Stadium in Lincoln. I loved uh, Memorial Stadium in Death Valley, South Carolina. Love going to see Notre Dame. Uh, I'd like to get back there soon again. I even like you know, going to, to, to Princeton uh, and, and seeing games there. I know it's a really small one, but just the experience there is always fun. But in terms of five that I haven't seen... I think that's a great five. I think that's a really great top five. All right, next up, we have a very special one-minute movie review. We're doing a one-minute movie review times two because this week we saw not only re-watched the original Kingsman movie, but the sequel, Kingsman, The Golden Circle, which both, if you haven't seen... You got to check out one minute movie review starting right now times two Kingsman edition. And yeah, so the first one, the background, this is like, this is a really cool modern action movie. It's based on, I believe, a comic book. I never read the comic book or anything, but these kids get recruited to be special agents and, uh, you know, the kid who's the unlikely of the group, you know, grew up on like the, the bad area of London or whatever, didn't really have a silver spoon up his butt, anything like that. He ends up like winning it out and helping out the new team, you know, with it's just like a, it's a it's like a kid's action movie, but they make it for adults. It's really awesome. Samuel Jackson has this weird lisp as the bad guy. Uh, I, kind of think that he just like did it on his own. Like no one asked him to do that. He just was like, whatever, I'm going to have a lisp in this movie. Uh, but they do a great job of blending music, action, and comedy because in both movies, they do a really cool, like they have like three scenes where they have like a really cool song playing while you see a lot of these action shots of our hero like kicking ass and like literally to like killing people too. It's not even like PG action. It's like rated R action. Uh, The one thing that kind of stuck out was the second movie, which was also great. Uh, It was slightly, it was right up there with the first one uh, grade wise. But the one thing that stuck out was there was a lot of things that was like exactly the same. Uh, They both had a bar scene that caused a fight They both had, like, just a killing montage to a song that didn't really, like, make a lot of sense at the time. You know, in the first one they used Casey and the Sunshine Band, uh, uh, Give It Up, Baby Give It Up, which, like, is stuck in my head ever since I saw the movie this week. And then uh, in the the new one they chose uh, Elton John's Saturday Night is Alright for So. It, not exactly your like you know bloody gory song you'd pick, but they make it into such a really cool scene. And then they also have like a like a weird anti-gravity scene in each movie. Uh, there's like a henchman of the bad guy that has like a robotic body part that is like lethal. It's it's there's a lot of reflectingness between the two movies, but they're both really good. I hope they keep making them. Uh, they're not afraid to kill off some characters you really like uh, which they did in both movies they make some bad guys good guys good guys bad guys they uh, introduced Channing Tatum in this one who was great they introduced Jeff Bridges Halle Berry Uh, they already had Mark Strong Colin uh, Firth and I don't even know the the actor's name that plays like the main character but he's really great in it but if you haven't seen Kingsman you got to check it out Uh, So you can see the second one too. It's a really good two movies. I I hope they make a third one because I'm like really into these movies. But for my one minute movie review times two, we went with Kingsman this week. Next week we're going Blade Runner times two and we're going to do the new Blade Runner as well as the original. My buddy Pat Miles has the original Blade Runner DVD. So we're going to check that out. And then when the movie comes out, check out the movie as well because I'm really excited to see the new Blade Runner. I think it's Blade Runner 2049. It should be really cool. Uh, I want to see that. Gosling's going to host SNL this week to promote it. Let's see if he makes like fun of it at all. Harrison Ford's actually going to make an appearance in the second one, too. If you've never seen Blade Runner, uh, hey, listen to the podcast next week, and we'll talk about it. Going forward, uh, we don't have much going on. I... Uh, I, as I said before, done with vacations for a while. Nebraska was great. Vegas was great. Cleveland was great. I'm kind of done for a while. So the most I'm going to be doing is local football games, going to Princeton, watching them with my family, which is one of my favorite things to do. Uh, It is like the quintessential fall Saturday, at least for me. Growing up, we used to do these tailgates all the time. I uh, get to see some of our old friends that we really don't see outside of these tailgates. Not sure who you're even going to see uh, tomorrow or Saturday. Uh, we usually go to the Dartmouth game when they play Dartmouth at home. And those years, they also get Penn and Harvard at home. So those three games, those are, you know, three games that everyone wants to check out because Dartmouth is the last game of the season, which usually means if they're fighting for the Ivy League crown, that game matters. Penn and Harvard are rivals, so yeah, those are those are always fun games to see too. But this is one of those off years where they play all three of those teams on the road. And the Yale game, I'm actually gonna be at my I'm gonna be in a wedding that day for Tom Scotto, so I'm not gonna get a chance to see the Yale game, which kind of limits the amount of games. There's another one, they play Cornell at home, but that's a seven thirty night game and it's on Halloween weekend. I don't see us doing that game. So they kind of limited this, uh, you know, the games this year to basically two games. It was this weekend or next weekend. Next weekend they played Georgetown, which isn't even a conference game, and uh, and it just worked out best. This it's supposed to be a nice day Saturday. Hopefully it, it you know rain holds off and everything like that. And we have a really nice day. I haven't seen my sister in like a month, so you know she always loves doing this too. She'll be a very nice, quiet, easy Saturday. I'm moving this weekend, so that'll be a nice day to just let the movers take all my stuff, put it in a van, take it over to my new place, drop it off, and I'll worry about unloading everything on Sunday. Uh, I know the guys are going to be in and out of the house all day Saturday, so I'll be out of their way just enjoying some football while the move is going on. So I think this should be a really nice weekend. And then going forward, I got Chris Heine's wedding uh, on October 21st. Tom Scott's wedding on the 11th of November, and then got a couple things going on in November as well, uh, which we'll get to later in the fall, but for now, it's, uh, it's looking like it's going to quiet down for a little bit, which is nice. I kind of wanted to do that, hopefully get to pay attention to a Browns win. Uh, last few weeks, I've kind of uh, you know, had just really busy weeks and haven't really been able to pay attention to the Browns. Uh, I think they're going to get a win one of these next two weeks when they play the Bengals and the Jets. I think it can come this week if Collins plays and Garrett plays. They're a young team. They A lot of people wanted to see improvement right off the bat, and uh, that's just not realistic. I, I hope we don't give up on Hugh Jackson and Deshaun Kaiser. I'd like to see them give this regime a chance because there is – some really good foundation being laid right now. If we can just see it all come together at some point this season and accept the losses as they come, I think the Browns are setting up nicely going forward. Uh, Football-wise, though, that's going to do a little fantasy roundup after four weeks, so next week will be the quarter mark and we'll do a little fantasy roundup. That'll be a lot of fun going into that. Maybe I'll get a Tom Scotto or Joe Rapola or Zach Flaherty on, a couple of our football gurus, and uh, talk fantasy football. Off the field, there's been a lot of discussion. Uh, I don't want to get too into politics, uh, but what Donald Trump said going towards the NFL, you know, this this guy, he's, he's an idiot. Uh, he doesn't know when to shut his mouth. I didn't vote for him. I'm just hoping for the best. A lot of people think I voted for him because I often try to look for positives and stay positive and try not to panic. But it's hard not to just. I mean, at this point, I can't defend him. You know, he's picking fights with the wrong people, calling NFL players sons of bitches because they uh, kneel for something they believe in, while there are Nazis running around the country that he's like letting get away with it. This is uh, something that's really serious, and it keeps a lot of people divided. He called out the NFL owners, and I'm proud that the Browns handled their side so well. Uh, Their home games, they do a video to start before the American flag where the players get a chance to voice their concerns and why they're protesting. And then during the flag, they get to stand, they get to show their true patriotism towards the men and women that have fought for this country. And I think they do a really good job of being able to voice their concerns and show the respect for the flag and everything like that. So, and Jimmy Haslam did a great job in his speech. He defended his players. He, uh, he said, he's not going to fire guys who are protesting and, uh, basically called out Donald Trump, him and con the, uh, owner of the Jaguars among with a couple other owners. I love what Jerry Jones did. Uh, Kneeling with his team and basically showing it right into uh, right into pr- Trump's face. I like what some of these owners are doing. I think some of them are kind of cowering and hiding a little bit. It, it's unfortunate what's going on right now. And uh, for anyone that you know, at first, and I'll admit, at first, I didn't like what Colin Kaepernick was doing because he wasn't voicing his concerns the right way. And then over time. You got to really see what everyone is protesting, and I'm all in on it now. And uh, I, uh, if I was a teammate of, uh, if I had black teammates in the NFL, I would be with them 100% because they feel an injustice towards them, and you can see it. And I would defend them. So uh, I don't want to get political. I. That's not my intent. I never want to get political on this, but this is beyond politics. This is just life and death because there is an injustice in our country and uh, it's, it's really unfortunate. It's really horrible. So hopefully, I mean, if, if Donald Trump had two cents, he would, I mean, all you would have to do is tweet at the NFL and be like, Let's talk, let's have a meeting, and fix this injustice. That's all he would have to do. And then the NFL would reach out to him. He would meet with some players, and they would finally get to voice their concerns. But I honestly don't think he cares about that. I think he just doesn't like looking bad. And the more people kneel, the worse he's going to look. You're going to start to see it right now. I'm telling you, this weekend, you're going to start to see college players kneeling too. You're going to see, this is going to spread And I don't know how this is going to end. I think a better form of protest is going to have to come in because right now all anyone can see is, you know, oh, is he kneeling or is he not kneeling during the American flag? And I think there's got to be a better way because that's just not doing it right now. Anyway, trying not to stay too much on that. I uh, did want to touch up on it because it's such an important story. And uh, it's beyond Jake news or hot Jakes. This is what's real in the NFL. And I'd be happy to discuss that with anyone that wants to. I have uh, I have a lot of thoughts on it. It's just a little late right now, and I'm just getting a little tired. But going forward, I, I hope to see some change. And that's that. Anyway, this was a great episode. Uh, I want to thank Ben McAdoo for coming on, and... Uh, talking a little Giants offense, because uh, really got to see more out of the Giants if they want to start winning football games. want to thank Michael K. Never got to his interview, but I uh, appreciate you coming by, and uh, hey, we might see Indians-Yankees in the playoffs. Indians right now have a one-game lead on the one spot, and the Yankees, I believe, are cemented in at the wild card with the Twins. Uh, they, it might not be a done deal, but it's looking like they are going to host the Twins in the wildcard game. And if the Indians can just hold off the Astros for the one seed, they have a one-game lead and the tiebreaker, uh, which means with three games left, the magic number is two. So a win and a Houston loss or two wins will get them the one. This is, uh, is going to be a fun postseason. I'm going to be watching every inning of baseball that I can. Um. I'm really excited for playoff baseball. This is the Indians chance at redemption. And uh, until basketball comes back, when you see the Cavaliers with all their new additions with Wade and Rose, and uh, we didn't even talk Dwayne Wade coming to Cleveland. I guess we'll have to wait till the NBA preview, uh, which is going to come up in a couple weeks. But right now I'm just so in on baseball. I am so excited for the Indians. This is our chance. And, Hope they don't spoil it. This is going to be a fun October. Let's go, tribe. Anyway, thank you again for listening to episode twenty-three of the Jake. Uh, next week, we will again we will talk some fantasy football. We will talk more football review on the quarter mark for the season. We'll talk a little bit of playoff baseball. We'll be a couple games in by then, and just go from there. Uh, we're vacationless for a while, so we'll talk about my chili recipe. We'll talk about college football games at Princeton. Thank you again for listening, everyone. God bless and uh, see you next week.